When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome again, friends, to the Court of the Trashy Royals, our weekly exploration of our betters behaving abysmally. My name is Stacy. Hey, friends, I'm Alicia. This week, not so naughty of a noble, but oh. we do have an interesting twist of a mystery. <laughs> Last week, we talked about everybody knows he's the problem, Paul. Sure. This week, we're going to talk about Alexander, Paul's son, the emperor who defeated Napoleon. Emperor of Russia. Correct. Running with the Romanovs. That's a whole series here. Running with the Romanovs. That's it. We should make up a song. <laughs> this tale has lots of twists and turns. Let us in on to Alexander the One. With Paul's death, the dog days are over in Russia. Russia's hopeful again with Alexander on the throne. The constant fear that everyone had lived in under the reign of Paul I, over. Alexander gets it. He quickly makes progressive reforms and relaxes the governmental control of the people Making it a little bit more like Catherine the Great, his grandmother's. Who had raised him, in fairness, so. Right. Alexander sets up the prohibition of torture and interrogations. (laughs) Y'all can't do that. That must be new. (laughs) Totally new. Alexander will establish a system in which serfs could earn their freedom. Also new. Good for good for Alexander. Alexander really is ruling in a similar way to his grandmother, Catherine the Great, who, remember, raised Alex mm-hmm. just like Elizaveta raised Paul. Right. Alexander is going to fall in love, I guess. He's, Alexander's going to get married. Sure. To Louise of Baden in 1793. What name does she take in her Russian wife conversion naming ceremony? She'll take on the name Elizabeth. She's another Empress Elizaveta. Okay. This Elizaveta, Louise of Baden, founds orphanages and hospitals and other charitable organizations. How dare she? She's really involved in helping the soldiers and their families during the Napoleonic Wars. What a nightmare. Also, Empress Elizaveta is quite a looker. They say she's really pretty. They have two daughters, Alexandra and Elizaveta, but sadly, each of those daughters dies before her first birthday. Alexander, though, he's kind of a dreamer. Imagine Kermit the Frog just picking his banjo. Alexander talks about leaving St. Petersburg a lot. He's not, I mean, yeah, I'm the emperor and it's fine, but mm, I'd rather go live in seclusion by the Rhine River. I don't think this is really... How I want my life to go, everyone. 
Interesting. But, yeah, but Alexander, he's a really popular ruler. He's also considered extremely handsome. And the greatest accomplishment of Alexander's reign was the defeat of Napoleon. Napoleon hated Alexander. Why? Well, in large part, because Paul, Alexander's father, had become Napoleon's ally and BFF. And when Paul was murdered, Napoleon did not have an ally and a BFF in Russia. He had Alexander, who was not any help to Napoleon. After Alexander and the Russian army defeats Napoleon, Alexander is revered all over Europe. He is a big deal. Fun fact, Queen Victoria, whose full name is Alexandrina Victoria, was named after Alexander I. Wow. Alexander I is Queen Victoria's godfather. In Berlin, the main square in Berlin, what's it called? Alexanderplatz. That's exactly right. Named after Alexander I. Had no idea. Uh Uh-huh. In total, Alex I was given 55 titles in honor of his victory. He's considered the savior of Europe. Sure. I mean, also, I think Napoleon learned a few things about trying to invade Russia in the winter, but proceed. Some really basic history lessons there. Now, I'm not saying Alexander, like, is a saint or anything. He had some affairs. He has an illegitimate daughter that he mourns deeply when she passes away. But the very trashiest part, because, I mean, you're like, Alexander, why are you even here on Trashy Royals? This sounds kind of perfect. You've got like a young, beautiful royal family doing all sorts of charitable and public interest things and relaxing the laws and making freedom more possible for the people at large. Like, hmm. Have a little faith in me, baby. Have a little faith. The trashiest part of Alexander's life are all of the rumors and the mystery that surround his death. And I put that in quotation marks. Tell me about this. Oh, yeah. Okay. Alexander's. Do we just have a disappearing emperor here? Mysterious death. Oh, my God. All right. So after the Napoleonic Wars, Alexander seemed to lack some purpose. His behavior gets a little agitated at times. He's not the, I mean, he's not a bad guy. He's just like, something's up with the emperor. He's a bored guy. Well, uh, there's an attempt to kidnap Alexander. (laughs) So after that, he becomes a little bit more suspicious about the court. Sure. What kind of friends he's running with. Exactly. In the fall of 1825, Alexander's wife, Empress Elizaveta, was ill. So Alexander decides that they're going to take a trip to the south of Russia, better weather, I suppose, to help her recover. The strange part of this plan was that their destination was not, let's go to the coast, let's go to the summer seaside. No, they're going to a town that is cold and dreary. It's a village. And every one of Elizabeth's doctors have said, don't go there. You need to go to someplace warm and sunny to recuperate. This cold village is covered in ice. This is not the place for you to go. On the voyage, Alexander catches a cold, Hmm. which turns into typhus. His official death, Alexander's, is due to typhus and happened in the southern city of Tangarag, December 21st, 1825. Put that on the books. Rough Christmas that year. Rough Christmas. Even rougher. (laughs) Empress Elizaveta died just a few weeks later. Oh, wow. 
Alexander was returned to St. Petersburg for his funeral and then interred at the St. Peter and Paul Cathedral. And that should be the end of our story. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Trashy Royals. We'll see you next week for a different dynasty doing dirty. But no, the problem here is that rumors begin immediately and never, ever, ever stop that Alexander, in fact, did not die on December 1st, 1825. What kind of rumors? Well, let's remember that Alexander is physically really strong. At the time of his reported death, all of his friends, all of his buddies know that he's been dreaming of that life on the Rhine River. Alexander had been sitting, waiting, wishing, right? For a different life away from court. Alexander, remember, had never forgiven himself for his father's murder oh, and right, right. was now concerned that Alexander may meet himself that same fate. Mm-hmm. And with Napoleon defeated, What's Alexander, left? right, Alexander's like, eh, done it, checked it off. Did my thing, bunch of stuff named for me, I've been to Berlin. I'm Cat. out. In Empress Elizaveta's diary, she will write about Alexander's cold but said that his health was visibly improving. But then her diary entries just stop without any explanation. Hmm. All right, let's get involved in this mystery just a little more. Those traveling with the couple say that Alexander requested to speak to his wife privately. And after the meeting, Empress Elizaveta appeared very upset. The suspicion here is that Alexander told Elizaveta of his plan. Right, that he was going to jump off the train or whatever and hit Mm. the road. Close. (laughs) Kind of. Not even. Uh, Some other people think that maybe Elizaveta was just concerned about her husband's health, but it's all very suspicious. Those who believe this story of Alexander's faked death think that Alexander just bailed and spent the rest of his life in solitude as a hermit. Hmm. There is, believe it or not, ample evidence to support this theory. Really? Yes, and it involves a monk named Fedor Kuzmich. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, 1836. In a small Siberian village, there's a mysterious monk who just shows up one day. No one knew the mysterious monk or had ever been aware of his existence. The mysterious monk refuses to answer any questions about his past and would only say that his name was Fedor Kuzmich. Kuzmich wears 
the clothing of peasants. But that was the only thing that was monk or hermit-like about him. He's dressing in peasant clothes. But he begins spending more time in the village with the people who live there. And the people who live there are like, hey, is it weird that this mysterious monk speaks several languages, including French? Probably in Siberia, a little strange. This mysterious monk in his peasant clothing has impeccable manners. He has a very aristocratic air. Hmm. He's well-educated. So well-educated, he becomes the one-shop stop for education and begins teaching the children in this Siberian village about history, about geography, about grammar. It's a little suspicious, right? A little weird. So Kajmich becomes popular and a respected member of the community. He becomes the guy that everybody goes to for advice. Hmm. Let's go see the mysterious monk. He'll tell us what to do. Right. There are also several strange things that were documented to call his, the mysterious monk's, identity into question. What are those? Number one, when recovering from an illness at a hospital, there's a nobleman who had known Alexander I back in the day, back, uh, back out in St. Petersburg. And he comes to the hospital. And as the nobleman approaches the mysterious monk's bed, Kuzmich hides his face and refuses to show it to the man. Number two, when laborers made noise near his little cabin, which was very modest, the mysterious monk gets really angry and yells at the laborers. If they knew who he really was, they would be quieter. Wow. Don't interrupt that guy's nap. That monk really takes his nap seriously. Seriously. All right. Number three in our list. A young daughter of a person who was working on Kuzmich's cabin reports that one evening when this young kid, little girl, was just reading a historical account of Alexander I's reign, Kuzmich says loudly, I never said that. <laughs> okay. Woo. Yeah, cover, keeping your cover there real tight, buddy. Last up, a girl in the village named Alexandra, who was a student of Kuzmich's, told him that she was planning to visit St. Petersburg. Huzzah! So excited! The mysterious monk gives this child a detailed description of the city, advice on what to see, Absolutely. places to eat, You've where to go. Gotta check out this restaurant. It's so good. It's right there on the corner. Although he claims never to have been to St. Petersburg. Sure. After she returned from her visit to the big city, gets back from St. Pete, having seen Alexander's portraits in the capital. Hmm. She told him and the other villagers that our mysterious monk looked remarkably like Tsar Alexander. Mm -hmm. Now, for those who believe Alexander I faked his own death, the most convincing proof is that two of his closest friends, this is Dr. Tarasov and Count Austin Sacken, they both refused to attend his funeral. Interesting. That. That is interesting. His BFFs don't even like, show up. Like, he, that's not him. That's bogus. They're burying some bricks or something. Dr. Tarasov in his memoirs wrote that he held a shocking secret 
he would carry to his grave. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so if you think this is a little wackadoo, this is not only conspiracy theorists who buy this idea. Alexander III and his son Nicholas II keep a portrait of the mysterious monk, hmm. Fodor Kuzmich, on their desks. And Nicholas even visits the mysterious monk's gravesite. Interesting. Apparently, even Grand Duchess Olga Alexandrovna, daughter of Alexander III, tells a biographer, everybody knows. It's widely accepted in our family, the Romanovs, that Alexander I faked his own death and lived out as this mysterious monk, Fodor Kuzmich, in this Siberian village. We all know it. We just don't talk about it. I wonder how much this sort of fed into the mythology around um, Anastasia, the supposedly last survivor. Like, oh, that's a right? good question. We are going to get to Anastasia in our journey. Like, if there's a history of... Romanovs allegedly just disappearing and uh, popping up elsewhere that maybe this is the origin little, story. Little historical echoes mm -hmm. there. Okay, so we've heard all that. There's one other notable Russian to believe this whole mysterious monk thing, and that is Leo Tolstoy, oh. who writes in posthumous notes of the Staritz Fedor Kuzmich. Hmm. After the monk's death, these rumors only spread and became stronger. Not only common people believed them, but many from the elite, including the royal family of Tsar Alexander III. The reason for these rumors were the following. Alexander died unexpectedly. He did not suffer from any disease before. He died far away from home and in a remote place of Tangarog, when he was put in the coffin, many who saw him said he'd changed a lot. And this is why the coffin was quickly sealed. It was known that Alexander said and wrote that he wanted so much to leave his post and to stay away from this world. Even more recently, the president of the Russian Graphological Society has studied the handwriting, I love graphology, of Alexander I and the mysterious monk and has reported that these two writing samples were undoubtedly written by the same person. You need to verify something, go to graphology. <laughs> Whatever the truth about Alexander's death, his unexpected demise left St. Petersburg really scrambling. I bet. They're in confusion about the succession as Alexander had no living heirs. Hmm. Alexander's younger brother, Grand Duke Constantine, was next in line. But Constantine was like, out. He renounces his right to the throne. I'm going to go surf, brother. I got other things to do. Have you seen what happens? Have you seen? <laughs> Under no circumstances. Constantine's decision to renounce the succession was not publicly announced, which caused even more unrest and bloodshed in Russia when their younger brother, Huzzah, Grand Duke Nicholas I, becomes the next emperor of Russia. Oh, uh, Nikki one. Nikki. I see us all wheeling towards 1917, but all right. We are wheeling towards 1917. Yes, Nikki one is the next guy 
We are going to talk about all of that on a future episode of Trashy Royals. Trash crowns for Alexander? Sounds like they did get halos. They're a mystery. Maybe they're in a Siberian village. Mm -hmm. Nobody would ever know how many trash crowns he gets because maybe they're just hiding out. Hmm. I don't know. The emperor who defeated Napoleon and noped out for the rest of his life. I wonder if the Soviets went and dug up that grave and like, like, I wonder if there's a way to uh, exhumed for DNA testing today or if they took care of that ever happening. I don't know. Yeah. That's a great question. Interesting. Well, Mysteries. That, yeah, that is that is a fascinating potential end to uh, apparently one of the few super well-liked and effective and good <laughs> leaders of Russia. Again, Russia, you always deliver. Really, really always deliver. Never stop delivering. That is the trashy tale of Alexander the First, or the mysterious monk who just ran away from the crown. Yeah, a little Fyodor. I like to do a little true crime mm-hmm. in our trashy royals ride. You get love, you get death, you get a little true crime. Sure. It really has it all. Yikes. Uh, hey, friends, thanks for tuning in this week. And thank you for your reviews and your emails and your very kind comments on social media. We appreciate you. We are having so much fun here at Trashy Royals. This is episode 16. Can you believe it? Oh, We're wow. sweet 16 already. Look at us. Huzzah. Y'all, until we meet again next week. Keep your eye on the throne. No, eye on the crown, butt on the throne. I don't know. Something like that. Make sure you know where your emperor is. Yeah. <laughs> no unexplained travels to the south or wherever. Right? Oh, I love this. I love this podcast. Y'all, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you. Thanks again for spending your time with us. We will see you next Thursday for another round of Trashy Trashy. Until then, friends. Bye. Bye, y'all.